Hello and welcome to the JBM Podcast here with host Blake Ashton and Jeff McGew with special guest Ibuki. (laughs) 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 All right. All right. All right. So what are we thinking about game four NBA finals? The Suns, they lost. They choked. It was, it was bad. It was very bad. It was a it was a pretty bad choke. Chris Paul fumbled. Chris Paul fumbled the bag. He did fumble the bag indeed. But who wins Game Five? That's all I really care about. Because like Game Four they lost. Game Five's in Phoenix. I don't see uh, I don't see Phoenix losing. It. I think momentum can play a role in this. You just were up to you were up two zero, and then you just choked that two zero lead. Milwaukee rolls in with the momentum. I think comes off to a hot start, but then I feel like the home home crowd is going to make it so the Suns will win. I think Suns win game five. Oh, I do think the Phoenix home crowd is a tad weaker, especially after these two losses than that Milwaukee crowd was. That Milwaukee crowd is unbelievable. But, I mean, I, 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 I find it hard to believe Chris Paul is going to have another bad game. I think he's coming right back. But Booker could have another bad game. Like, like he had a good game as compared to the other three games of the series. He could have a terrible game. And Chris Paul, Chris Paul and Devin Booker both need to be on on the same night. That's true. They just need to take care of the ball. They lost because they should have won this game. But they turned the ball over 17 times. And they had, I don't know, how, they gave up how many offensive rebounds? Probably 17 offensive rebounds. Yeah, Ooh. 17 to 17. You're not going to win a game like that. No. I think, the, I think the Suns' ceiling is higher than the Bucks' ceiling if they're playing if they're playing well. I think I, I, I think Drew Holiday has. A I completely disagree. Ceiling. Also, I think if the Bucks are firing in all cylinders, and that means Drew Holiday is not being what we've seen of Drew Holiday throughout the playoffs, and the Bucks are a much better team. I agree. But, well, uh, I was thinking more from the point of Drew Holiday not being able to do that. It, I mean, if, if Drew Holiday pops, which is let's be honest, a rather rare occasion for him in these. Uh, clutch playoff games except for in the fourth quarter i'll give him credit he's very clutch in those moments the whole game wise though he's not been a great shooter yeah but if you're talking about ceiling i feel like kind of have to like assume you know they're playing yeah, you, at their you, ceiling you, you assume that's fair. the suns are more consistent but i think if, if they're both playing at their best the bucks are unbeatable i don't think has drew holiday had a good game this series game three, he went five for ten from three and then it was, I mean, his first half was bad. He has like had a really good second half, shot four for five. Tw- three, yeah, tw- 21 point, 21, tw- 21, five and nine. I mean, not terrible. And I mean, even though he's not been the best, like shooting, like in the past three games, um, uh, Chris Paul's had 15 turnovers. That's definitely because Drew Holiday's been the primary defender on him somewhat. Drew's been playing really good. He's actually really the only reason why he's on the court. Because without his defense, there's no reason for him to be playing. Yeah, I agree. Like his playmaking's been like pretty good, but it's like it's not enough. Like without the defense, I'd say. But but then again, who else would they play? I mean, I guess yeah. I have like, the backup point cards like in, Jeff Teague. Yeah, do you put in Teague? And that's why he's playing like 40 minutes a game. I guess. I mean. True. But yeah, I Middleton's so good. I hate that guy. You know, honestly, bomb. Per- cross-eyed man. Lazy eye man. Did, did We're he... talking about eyes. I think we have to talk, talk about Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bug eyes. Bug eyes. Was it Reggie Miller that called him Bug eyes? Oh uh, no, think, it uh... was actually yeah, it was Reggie Miller. Yeah, because isn't that yeah yeah yeah? Because he was a TNT guy. Yep. He's just straight up called him Bug eyes. 
I'm disrespectful. But yeah, I For think the series. I think it's interesting to point out that, um, looking just just at the quality of shots, the Milwaukee Bucks were um uh, expected to win games two, three, and four, and the only one they were expected to lose was one. And like the three games they were expected to win, they like apparently like if everyone shot averages, they win like eighty percent of the time. So. I don't like stats like that. I don't like, like, what do you call it? Like, expected to win. Like, I see it happens with the NHL a lot. Like, the there's a one website that does, like, deserve to win a meter. But I feel like if you deserve to win, you should have just won. You're just getting unlucky. Well, yeah. I agree. But it's, I think it's kind of decent for, like, maybe, like, outlook of the series. Maybe, like how future games might go it's 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 interesting to look at but yeah for sure obviously yeah like, it's kind of a it's like, weird like last game of course booker wasn't expected to shoot that well but he did it happened and i mean they didn't win but i mean they were close because of books performance last yeah. night can book do it again and can middleton do it again that's the question i think they both definitely will do it again sometime in the series but yeah, next game game five i think one of them might i don't see both of them like getting near 40 again. Yeah, I, I think one yeah. or the other. If and, I had to guess, okay, okay. I think it's Booker. For me, for for me, I think the Suns win purely off of a Chris Paul bounce back game. I don't think he plays that bad two games in a row. Well, real, realistically, three games in a row. He hasn't really played well since game one. Let's check. But uh, I, I just don't. I see him bouncing back in a big way. So game three, he... Had 19 points, 9 assists, 0 rebounds in 34 minutes played. It's really only the turnovers. For Game him. 2, he had 20. Yeah, so he's getting, like, decent points, I would say. He but the turnovers. Whatever he needs offensively. But it's it's literally uncharacteristic. He's had 15 in the last three games. <laughs> That's and so especially Game 2, he had him on 6 turnovers. Yeah. They won. But he can't he can't do that if they're gonna win. And a lot the reason why the Suns lost is a lot of those turnovers from Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. There were a whole bunch in the fourth quarter where they were just Down the like I think there was I don't think Chris Paul's inbounding maybe here, but I remember there was the inbound where Giannis stole it from Aiton on the pass. He dunked it, and then with like two minutes left, there's like multiple like turnovers where like there was the one on the Drew Holiday one where he got fouled, but they didn't call it. There was like another one where Chris Middleton like looked like he got fouled, they didn't call it. And he scored. And I think there was a third one that Giannis just scored. Like, there were just way too many fast break points they gave up late in the game. I have a question. Like, I see this dude on, uh, for the Bucks on TikTok. It's, he's been just, like, day in the lives of NBA players. His name's Elijah Brand- Bryant. Elijah Bryant. Yeah, but he doesn't play. Like, ever. Well, he's, he's like, like a synopsis, I guess, where, like, he's seen, like, real minutes before. He's, like, a defense-only guy. He played, like, Two minutes of Bucks Nets game four, and like I think six of game five or something like that. It says he's played literally one game. He's played one regular, regular season game in his career and like eight playoff games because he was a guy from Europe that we signed like right near the end of the season. Yeah, I That's, saw his I saw his TikTok of like I've been signed to the Bucks or something, and then I haven't mm-hmm. like he always does Dan the Light stuff, and I'm like, this dude doesn't play. He's a really good defender, but, like, especially in game four, I remember, like, the few minutes he played, he seemed, su- like, super, like, nervous, I guess, because it's one of his first NBA games, and it's in the playoffs against the Nets, and he was just, like, airballing threes, like, probably just because of nerves and stuff, so he hasn't played much since, but, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a decent defender. Did they put him in in game three against the Nets? 
just four and five, I think. I don't think he played in three, but it was only for like two minutes to play defense. It was like a Thanasis role. I mean, I guess more than Thanasis because the dude gets like 15 seconds, but I think it was just to give someone a break because I think maybe someone was in foul trouble or something. Okay, to, cl cl to close out this topic, who who? let's give our predictions for game five. Starting with a uh, biased Buck fan, Ibuki, because we all know what well, he's going to say. I think Milwaukee's going to play kind of like they did Brooklyn game five, where, like, they're in control of the game. They're playing really well. I think the only way they lose is if, like, the Suns put up, like, a, the KD game five performance to, like, stop the Bucks. Otherwise, I have the Bucks winning game five by, like, a decent margin. I'd say, like, 10 points. All right. So we got one for Bucks. Max? From what I've seen, game for four at least, the Suns were really in control for a lot of that, and they give it up at the end. DeAndre Ayton played really good defense on Giannis. I don't expect him to do the same job again, but I do expect him to contain him at least a little bit. Uh, I'm seeing a bounce-back game from Chris Paul. Devin Booker will be Devin Booker. And um, they need a Crowder to hit shots if they're going to win, but I think they can do it. Okay, one for one for the Bucks, one for the Suns. Jeff? Uh, if we're talking series wise, I don't. I almost think Bucks, but I think Game Five. I think you have to give the edge to the Suns, although not a not a big one, because we've seen now that both teams can control this series if they want to. But I've seen more evidence from the Suns doing it just in Game One and Two, and like Max said, in Game Four they were winning. I think pretty much the whole time up until that last like four minutes. Uh, my money's on the Suns, but I think it'll largely depend on Chris Paul coming back the way he should. If he does, then I have the Suns for sure. Okay, I I'm gonna have to take the Bucks on this one. I think I believe a lot in momentum, and I think riding momentum like that is I think the Bucks are gonna win it. I think they just ride the momentum. I know it's like what they played on. Wednesday night, and they aren't playing till Saturday night. I still think momentum rolls in their favor. I say close game. Helps them. Yeah. yeah, I. But it also yeah, it also helps Chris day. Paul. Oh, they don't they don't uh, release refs till like eight or nine a.m. Oh, yeah. so we don't know. But what I've heard, I think they they say Fox is gonna be back for game six or seven. So I mean, no. there's that. To think about. Oh, you no. said I, you said refs. So I thought you said meant re I thought you said rest. But yeah, okay. Let's let's give opinions on NBA free agency. Let's start with some the big names: Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, and what's like I'm trying to think of like I'm just looking at Collins, Lonzo, Drummond. Yeah, Lonzo, Drum. Where does where where do you guys think everyone's gonna end up? The big guys. All right, I think Kawhi and Chris Paul both resign. I think Chris Paul, like, mm. almost definitely. Kawhi's a little iffy, but, like... They both have player options this year, At least, year, like, so. Woj has also, like, came out with reports saying how much Kawhi, like, likes the, like, the Clippers culture. But then there's also, like, reports coming in that, like, Kawhi, like, didn't tell the Clippers medical staff he was, like, getting his torn ACL looked at after they said it was just a sprain. So maybe, like, with the medical staff, that's, like, reminiscent of, like, the San Antonio days where, like, you know, they had that problem where he forced it out then. So then maybe he doesn't resign because of that. But I think Chris Paul for sure stays in Phoenix. I can see 
Chris Paul leaving. I don't really know where he'd go, but I think it's a possibility. But I think this is very good for Chris Paul because he had one of the worst contracts in the NBA. I think he was making like $40 million a year. And as good as he is, he's not going to help you if he's making $40 million. Makes $39.9 million. Yeah, he, he works perfectly with the Suns right now because of the way their contracts are scaled. But he, he needed a, a new contract. So I think re-signing with the Suns would be good for him, especially if it's for cheaper. He definitely might, yeah, just like decline the player option, re-sign a smaller contract just to maybe give him some more money to play around with. Because, yeah, if he accepts his player option, that's 44 mil next year. That's a lot. Yeah, I, I don't think they can do that. I, lose, I think they want to keep the team together. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Ibuki mostly. I, I see no reason really for Kawhi leaving, even less of a reason for Chris Paul. Because not even that so much that Chris Paul is like the perfect fit for the Suns, but I don't know who else, where else he would go. Kawhi, on the other hand, he, I don't, I don't know if that's a cast face to take him in. And I don't see him leaving either. We, we've seen that Clippers team when healthy is so strong. They took, they took the NBA Finals uh, Phoenix Suns to six games without Kawhi. What can they do with Kawhi? One thing and that... Oh, you can go. Those supposed chemistry issues they had beginning of last year or whatever, I completely absent. I, I don't see any reason why Kawhi doesn't resign. I agree with that. All right, he'll, he'll probably resign goes but one thing i just thought about like literally 10 seconds ago if the suns don't win it this year uh what are the chances that chris paul declines his player option and signs with the lakers on a on a vet min or something to try and get a ring with lebron um i think i think that's extremely low yeah i think that's really i think that's pretty low where else uh, where else well, would he sign though he definitely think... a pay cup i don't think he'd go vet min either and I think honestly, like the perfect team for him, if it wasn't Phoenix, is the Clippers. Uh, cause like they don't really, like their main problem is like that point guard position. Like Reggie Jackson obviously stepped up this year, but like it's kind of still iffy. Jackson, like Pat Bev, those are like good like six men and like maybe a good defender off the bench. Like they, I feel like they could really use uh, that playmaker in Chris Paul. I'm thinking Lakers because a big problem for the Lakers was their depth. And they had guys like Dennis Schroeder, who they thought were going to be much bigger, not really be there. And if Chris Paul's on that team, you can slide Dennis Schroeder back to the to the backup point guard position, where he's much more effective. I personally think he's not really a a, a starting point guard. And I think Chris Paul can get the most out of a Dennis Schroeder, as we've seen in OKC coming off the bench for a year. I think it might be the best place for him. But, and but, obviously, like, the amount of money the Lakers have already tied up with, like, LeBron, Davis, and then the reports with Schroeder wants, like, 20-some mil. Like, they don't have the money for Chris Paul unless he wants to do that, like, minimum contract, which I just, I, I don't know. I feel like Chris Paul just wouldn't do that. I could see him taking, like, a slight cut, but not, like, one mil per year type pay cut. Um, I, I just don't see him taking such a small contract. Schroeder is going to be on the Shanghai Dragons next year, though. So, like... He's not gonna even be a backup point guard for the Lakers. Just he's I'm not Shanghai Dragons. Dragons. That's the Overwatch League team. What are they called? The Shanghai Sharks. Sharks. Whatever. Sorry, he'll I'm be not, there I'm too. Not sure how how I see Chris Paul operating on that Lakers team though, because we haven't seen him like quite this old operating in an off ball role. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure how that'll work. Uh, and well, we know 
It's not going to be Anthony Davis. It's going to be LeBron James controlling those plays. I don't know how Chris yeah. Paul operates off ball. I think well, I do agree that they need depth. Uh, I just don't know if Chris Paul is the answer, and that's why I think it's not like it's still favorable he mm-hmm. stays in Phoenix over that. It is favorable that he stays in Phoenix, but Chris Paul may not be the answer, but he might be the only option. There's really no that's, other solid point guards in free agency. Lonzo Ball is going to want too much because he's so young, and I don't really think Lonzo wants to go back to LA. What about Kyle Lowry? Where do you think he'll Kyle end up? Another one of those guys that could do, it, but I think Chris Paul is just better than Kyle. No, where Lowry. do you, Where do you think Kyle Lowry is going to go? I feel like uh, he's being in Toronto. I, I, I think he's already so old. Like he's been he's so 30, loyal, like. He's thirty-five. He has come out and said he wants to end, he wants to retire as a Toronto Raptor. Whether that's he get goes to a different team and then signs a one-day contract to retire as a Raptor. He, I think he's too loyal to the Raptors to leave. At this point, yeah, and I could I guess see him like because like I remember like earlier in the season there were reports that like the Sixers were trying to make like a trade package for like Kyle Lowry. Like, back when it was, like, Lowry and Harden, like, the two guys they were trying to trade for. So, like, I guess, like, they're, like, they're at least interested before. But at the same time, I don't think, I'm not sure if he's worth whatever contract he's asking for. Like, I guess he could also be one of those guys that just goes in ring chases, but I don't know, I feel like he'd rather just stick it out in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the Raptors are going to be better than they were this past year, because, one, they'll be playing back in Toronto. Two, they have a top four, top, what, they have th- the third? Or th- no, the fourth. They're off to the fourth pick. They, yeah. they they got they went from seven to four. They have a top four pick. They're probably taking one of the Jalen's. I think playing back in Toronto helps. And yeah, I think they are a six through ten seed. If there's uh, the Raptors uh, not making the playoffs next year. Th- are they, they still doing will. a play I mean, in? They were the two seed one year ago. I mean, but but get, East, East is getting so much better. I agree, uh, but like you have the Hornets ahead of them. You have the Hawks ahead of them. You have the Knicks ahead of them. You have obviously the big three: Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I, I think you can include Hawks in the big four. I, I think they deserve yeah, Hawks that. Hawks in the big four, they they could make the big four, but I don't think. I think the I Raptors mean, barely squeaked into a plan. The Hawks with McMillan as their coach had like a similar winning percentage. No, as, yeah, like the Bucks yeah. and them had all season. Four. Hawks are big four. You're right. You're right. But like but a already, team like those teams the Pacers, I think like they're in the play-in, weren't they? And yeah, like but, I think, I think the Raptors are better than the. The Pacers aren't really getting uh, better. The Pacers. Celtics, I'm putting ahead of the Raptors. Uh, unless they don't make any moves. Oh. The Celtics need to make some off-season, off-season decisions. Yeah. Who's their center right now? Uh, Robin Williams, most likely. It's, it's Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams, yeah. And they're probably going to stick with Time Lord. I doubt they won't. <laughs> you can't make a playoff intact with that. Some of, the, some of the top centers in free agency, Time Lord is you got Ibaka... Uh, the less the lesser of the Lopez brothers, R- Rolo. Uh huh. Daniel Tice. Robin Lopez is not going to be a center on a contending team. He's just not good enough. He he got zero minutes when he's on the Bucks in the playoffs. He got minutes in the Wizards, but like they're the Wizards. Like, could get Javale McGee. See, McGee's so solid. He he could definitely be a center on a good team. Boban, he's more of a gimmick player. I mean, I can You know what? I'll give Boban his like some respect, I guess, because the Mavs like. We're like experimenting with like uh, starting him and like putting a zone with him and Porzingis, which actually kind of worked against the Clippers in some of those late games. But I mean, he's not hey, they have Taco Fall. Game. They could resign Taco Fall. I mean, they'll resign Taco, but is Taco NBA ready right now? I don't think so. 
Okay. Man. What are some other big? Fr- I, I, I like Andre. Oh, Demar Derozan is a pretty interesting free agent. Yeah, Demar. I don't really see him staying with San Antonio. Yeah. Um, I can see Derozan to LA. I can see the that. Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to get someone this free agency. I don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to get someone. Kelly Oubre? No. James Johnson? Kelly Oubre stalking through the floor. Evan Fournier? I'm just listing. I'm just reading off all, what the, you, all the players. What do you think is like the, the number site? one team that like ring chasers are going to go to? Do you think it's going to still be the Nets, the Nets, or do they kind of already have their core the where like, maybe the team like the Lakers like might be looking to expand their depth more? It, it'll all be, the current cores are so old. I think it's got to be the Nets because they're like – Pretty old, but they're not like the oldest. And I think, I think uh, I saw somewhere. I think it's a possibility. It'll be hard, and it depends on if the um, the Nets want to sacrifice like basically everything for now. But I saw somewhere where it's a possibility the Nets could re-sign Dinwiddie this uh, this offseason, which would be huge for them. He he wants the minimum he wants is um like five years, one twenty five, which is a hell of a lot. Probably more than he deserves, but if you're the Nets, if you have a chance to do it, I, th- I think you should. How does the money work then? Because you already have like Harden and all them on max deals. You're paying him one twenty five. I think you get rid of DeAndre Jordan. And, you can get, yeah, you can uh, definitely get rid of Jordan because he's kind. Of, I mean, he was he's there because he's like buddies with like KD and Kyrie, obviously. But like, I don't know how much he's making. I can look right now you look uh, if it's over 10 mil then that'll help out a lot yeah he's making 10 mil yeah that'll, that'll he's help four years out. 10 mil so they how do you get rid of him though like do you just trade him but like um, who wants it like him, i don't really we, know it, it's kind of be like the like the kemba walker pick we, we trade we have to attach a pick if that they package him don't with have like that. something i don't really know what but if you can if you can package him with something and send him off to mm-hmm. like a thunder for a pick or with a pick, that that's a good deal. But I don't know. If Problem is, they kind of gave up five picks for Harden, so I mean, I mean yeah, felt. but like a second round pick, Presti like second round picks too. <laughs> I think Blake Griffin will probably resign. He seems to be like like the Bobby Portis of Brooklyn. He's like a fan favorite there. He played oh, yeah. really good. Griffin will resign. I think Jeff Green will resign. Andre um, Iguodala. I he might be out of the league next year. He's 37, making a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I think he said he's planning on retiring after this year. I thought he was already out of the league. <laughs> JJ, he like the Heat this year? JJ yeah. Redick is still he's in the league. Not very good JJ Redick's 37 as well. JJ might be done. What is he on the Mavs right now? Yeah. I, think. He got, sure. I remember he, he, like, he voiced how he wanted to go to like Brooklyn or New York or like Philly, just on the East Coast, and he got traded to the, the Mavs. I'm just looking at all the old dudes, like P.J. Tucker, 36. P.J. Tucker still definitely has a spot in the NBA. Why does this dude, okay, why does this, why does this site say there's a a free agent that's 56 years old, Scott Brooks? That's a coach. That's a coach. Oh, (laughs) that's why. He's a free agent coach. That's a weird website, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, I I don't think the, the, uh, Scott Brooks should be an NBA coach. I don't think he's good. He, do a terrible job with the Wizards. What 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 do you think about Udonis Haslam? Haslam, Haslam the Heat he's gonna be an assistant coach. No, he's either an assistant coach or the Heat. 40... Sign him for another year. He's not. He's never gonna touch the floor uh, unless he plays. Forty-one two years. Forty-one years old. Yeah, that dude. Um... Bryn Forbes is a free agent with a player option this year. Um, he's gonna decline that player option and get it back somewhere. <laughs> I don't think it'll be a 
Fanas. I mean, he'll still get like nine to ten mil. Fanasis is a. You think Bryn? You think Bryn Forbes with nine to ten mil? I mean, he had like the thing nine to ten mil for Bryn Forbes. Oh no! Here we go. I think there's a place for him. I mean, he might have not been the best in the playoffs, but like. He can't play defense that well, even though he actually kind of tries, he hustles. So, I mean, he ends up being not the horrible. And then, I mean, he shot like 45% from three. That's going to, even if he, his playoffs were a bit disappointing past the Heat series, that's going to get the attention of at least a couple NBA teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, at least percentage-wise. 9-10 To make a spot on this Milwaukee Bucks team, you already have to be that good. And he's putting up seven points per game in this playoffs. 6.6. On... Uh, let's say he shot 37%. You say he thought 45% from three in what series? Regular. Oh, that's his regular season. Oh, okay. Well, even still. I mean, there's a place for him for sure. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's pretty young. I see. I think he signed somewhere for sure. Okay. Maybe not nine mil. That might be a little high now I think about it. But at least like five to six mil. Because like Pat Connaughton signed like a, a three or 15 mil last year. And like that, like seemed like a lot at the time. And I think Bryn Forbes now was better than Pat Connaughton last year. Could probably get like five to six mil. I think nine might be a bit high though. Yeah, I can see that. Nine to ten though, that that's that's a lot of money to pay Bryn Forbes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, okay, he's twenty seven. Okay, I thought he was kind of younger. I, I guess he might he might have been like a four year college guy because I'm pretty sure it's like his fourth year in the league. Yeah, it's his fourth year in the league. I think it's really interesting. Who, if the if the Nets can somehow, also wait. I want to see how much. Um, wait, Lonzo only wants eight mil. Or no, um, who who do you think is gonna come out this free agency being the most improved? Like, who's gonna get the biggest name? Oh, what team? Yeah. Hmm. Honestly, I think just the most improved team in general, I think might be the Raptors, just because they that's including that like fourth overall pick they have. And then I, I just think they're gonna be like a five to six seed, which is gonna be a big jump. Other than that, uh maybe like See, the Wolves are that one team where, like, every year I feel like we say, like, they're probably going to be a playoff team this year because they have, like, skilled players. Yeah. They, they're kind of like the Wizards. They're, they're, they're top-heavy, and their their depth kind of sucks. But, like, every, like, I remember earlier this year we were saying, like, oh, they're probably going to be, like, an 8 or 9 seed, kind of be, like, a fringe playoff team, and they're one of the worst teams again. But, I mean, especially if they can pick up, like, a decent free agent. Because, like, they need to get a big free agent. Because what, they have they the... Be, like, I think they just need to fill out their roster more or less, like get like Bryn Forbes esque mm-hmm. guys to just like fill out their roster, and I feel like they could also jump up to like. But the West is also so tough. Like I'm thinking like maybe like an eight seed, but I'm looking at the West. Like the top seven seeds are all like way too good, and like the the eighth best team might be like the Warriors with Clay coming back. That's a tough uh, conference to make the playoffs in. Yeah, I, really, the problem so far has been Cat has been not been healthy. If Cat mm-hmm. stays healthy, it makes such a difference. Yeah. Without Cat, we are absolutely lost. And I don't think Cat probably had the best season this year because of his mom passing away. That definitely was it. Like seven family members. Like yeah, he had like seven family, family members die of COVID. That has to take a toll on your basketball performance. And 
if yeah. I remember correctly, when Cat came back, I'm pretty sure D'Lo like also got hurt or COVID or something. So like, they, they even when Cat was playing, like he didn't have D'Lo with him, which is his probably second best player. And obviously Anthony Edwards is probably gonna take a big step. I mean, rookies usually do. That could be an interesting. And Malik Beasley was like gone for part of the season. I forget why injury, jail, who knows? Jail. So, like, <laughs> he's playing next year. I think they have a promising like. I- is he, he's in jail right now, actually. He yeah. For the season. But I don't think, I think Cat, like, um, it's like a very tragic situation that so many of his family members died. But I don't think it's going to really affect his on-court play. I mean, he played fine this year when he, when he played, and it was just removed from that. So uh, being a year removed, I don't see how that's going to have much of an impact. The, the Wolves are very top-heavy, especially if we have Malik Beasley. Um, and then you have a really strong cornerstone in Carl Anthony Towns. If he's out, the entire plan falls apart, and you may as well just throw the season out the window if he's out for more than 10 games. Mm-hmm. Like, because our, our backup is Nas Reed, and I, I love Nas Reed, don't get me wrong, but he's not the cornerstone yet of the playoff team. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Anthony Edwards and D'Lo kind of have the same problems. Uh, and I don't see D'Lo so much rectifying those, but I think if Anthony Edwards shores up his shot selection, uh, knocks down the turnovers, um, a solid Wiggins-type threat in Joshua Kogi. I say that in a good way, which sounds weird now, but w- like a Wiggins on the Warriors-type threat in Joshua Kogi. I think the Wolves are a fringe playoff team if they stay healthy. Otherwise, no. Especially if that play in still a thing next year, they'll definitely be at least a play-in team, I think. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that makes them most improved because I forget what they were last year. Not very they're 23 much, and 49. Yeah, uh, yeah, because to be in the plan, you probably have in the West, you probably have to be about 500. So mm-hmm. that, that's a pretty big improvement. Yeah, I could see, I could definitely see them doing that. I guess those are probably like my picks for like the teams with the highest like improvement, like just purely game wise. Because like obviously, once you get near the top, it's harder to, to like improve even better but for like a good team that i could see becoming like great obviously the mavs are always gonna be one of those teams with luca like if the rest of the team gets better they always have that potential to be like an elite team if they can like if they can get a big name free agent or like make a splash a big trade or something you know i don't think they have many picks to trade if they got demar Derozan, Mm, that would be i don't think but i'm not saying they would if they did This this is go- this this might be the first hot take we have, but currently with the way Luca plays and his play style, the Mavericks aren't going to win a championship. They can't. Like, are you saying like Luca's too ball ho- ball hoggy to win, or like the team just isn't good enough? Um, like, are, you, sure. are you trying to say Luca's not like a number one on a championship team? As no, Luca 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 is very talented right now. He's skilled enough to be a number one on a championship team, but his decision making isn't the best when it comes to when you just purely look at what he's done with the weapons around him. Because Christoph Sporzingis, he's not the best player ever, but he's not as bad as he's being made out to be in Dallas. And I think a big part of that is Luka being so ball dominant. There's really no opportunity for Christoph to play. Luka has the ball in every possession. He's going to have the ball in every possession, and he's not really giving it up. So the only time Kristaps can get something done is an off-ball kick out to the corner, and that's just not really his game. And if you find uh, a team of shooters that you can surround Luka with, it can work, but he's never going to be able to coexist with another star because he needs the ball in his hands on every possession. 
Well, I'm pretty sure in 2020 when the Clippers and Mavs played, I'm pretty sure um Kristaps put up pretty good numbers. Yeah, Kristaps averaged 23 points that series on 50-50-87 shooting. So I mean, he has like co coexisted with a star in the past because Luca in that series also put dropped 31 points. He only played like two games that series, though. He played three games, yeah. So I guess you could say. But I mean, in the three games, he played really, really well until he got yeah, he hurt. Did. I, and like, I, I don't want to put all the blame on Luca because that could also be like a coaching thing. Maybe even though Rick Carlisle is like one of the best coaches in the league, maybe he has like misutilized Luca. So like, with whoever they brought in this year, maybe we'll fix that. So I think. I'd at least give him one more year with the new coach, new system, before I like make an opinion on that. But I still yeah. think Luca can definitely like. He obviously has a skill. There's no denying that. He can. I just don't think he will personally. It, it's it's like a. I consider him right now where James Harden was early with the Rockets, and I think James Harden <laughs> corrected that kind of when Chris Paul got there, and that's why they were so successful. I think they went sixty-five games that year, but I think. He's going to be a Damian, not really Damian Lillard, because Damian Lillard's there because he has no one else, but he's going to be in that category. He's going to be a really good player with maybe a, a decent second option, but they just won't have enough to get it done. Mm -hmm. Although, I feel like with Luka's play style, even if they do have better pieces, you can't have Luka doing what he does right now. No, right? yeah. If they if they play against a, a, a disciplined defensive team, they they're just gonna get blown out of the water no matter what. I don't. It doesn't really matter who they bring in. I feel like Luca's adaptable though. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say bring in because the Mavs aren't bringing in another like top ten caliber player as it is. But if he could play alongside another top ten caliber player, not even being the first option, I think he's that good of a player. He can adapt like that. I think they but, need uh, better personnel also on that team. Like even <laughs> like the the rotation, like like their role players. They try to like surround him with shooters, like he's like like the Bucks do with Giannis, kind of. But then they also have guys like Josh Richardson, who are like mid-range specialists that can also play defense that kind of clog up the paint. So like it's kind of it's kind of weird how they what they're doing. So I think they just need like a kind of revamp on their roster and stuff to give Luca a good shot to make I it mean, at least yeah. the second round. If they keep playing the Clippers, they might not ever make. It. <laughs> okay, let's. Let's switch topics here away from the NBA. Let's move into let's move into college football with the recent NIL stuff and rumors about them expanding the college football playoffs to six or even eight teams. Uh, Jeff, I, I know we've talked about this a lot. Do you think expanding the playoffs is a good thing for college football as a whole um i think it absolutely is i don't know if the current system is the way it should be right now but i will say that uh i don't know if the playoff is a long-term solution i will definitely say that i can say confidently that the four-team current playoff is not a long-term solution i i agree i feel like the four-team playoffs is terrible because it's going to have your Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. And then that at, then that plus one most years. Because those high-value recruits are going to be like, even if you're the fifth best team, who the fifth, the, 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 what, Texas A&M was five? A&M, I believe. Yeah, like, top recruits 
aren't going to go there because you've got to be a top four team if you want to win the national championship. You have to. Although I do feel that NIL, uh, the recent developments in that regard, will help with that a little bit. I agree. I agree. It actually makes me fear that because of that, nothing at the playoff system still won't get changed. But I think it actually could help because to get noticed in the past, you you couldn't put your own name out there. You had to be on one of those playoff teams. Yeah. Now you can make a name for yourself on like at the like on like a fifteenth ranked team as opposed to like Alabama, and you can still make a name for yourself, get a good draft stock, which players have done in the past but are more reluctant to because they don't know if they have that spot shirt up. I think now you're going to see a lot more teams like Florida. I think you could see. I think you'll definitely see Georgia again uptick in those kinds of players, Texas for sure. And um, I, I, I think you'll see an uptick in those kind of players with the NIL developments. I agree. I know I it's a solution, but I think it could help. Yeah, I think it could help as well. I know I proposed this idea to you, but I want to get uh, Max's and Ibuki's opinion on this for this new playoff format that I saw. I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. It's a six team playoff. Where the, if you win your conference, you're in. So the winner of the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC. You win your conference, you automatically go to the playoffs. So for one, that increases uh, the, the how much it matters to win your conference game. Because usually, if you're like in the pack, like this past year, Pac-12 didn't really mean much. Because like, usually, sometimes the pack that team goes on to play in the playoffs, but this year, they both they every team in the Pac-12 sucked because of COVID, and then that sixth spot gets filled in with the best group of five team. So this year it would have been Cincinnati. I think that's really good because it gives like the Cincinnati's, the Coastal Carolinas, like these weaker conferences a chance at least. Like they have hope of at least like they have a guaranteed path to make it if they play well enough, and like they can actually have a chance to compete. And then, yeah, some of the weaker divisions like Pac-12, they still have a like they, if they, you play really well, you still like have a spot. And you're not like fighting for hope. Like you have a really good season, but just like in the 14 playoff, not make it just because maybe your one loss is to a worse team than Bama's one loss or something, and it's kind of finicky like that. If that mm-hmm. system was implemented this year, let's say winner of each uh, uh, Power Five. And group of five, it would have been Alabama, Oregon, Oklahoma, uh, yeah, just Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, Cincinnati. What and then Oregon sticks out like a sore thumb in that. Oregon does stick out like a sore thumb. So I believe, and then how what I saw proposed was once those six teams are finalized, then the committee ranks one through six, and then one and two get a bye. So one would play the winner of three. No, the one would play the winner of four and five. Two would play the winner of three and six, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that means it would the... be. Let's let's be honest. Bama and Clemson are uh, no Bama and Clemson were probably the two best teams. Well, yeah, before the playoffs. Of course. For the playoffs. The playoffs so yeah, then it would be everywhere. Ohio State versus. Oregon, and then Oklahoma versus Cincinnati. That makes it probably a Oklahoma, which I feel like they definitely deserved to be in the 
playoff, their that one loss against Iowa. No, 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 Kansas State, K State. That one loss really derailed them. I kind of don't like that actually. Now I think about it, because like other SEC teams like still deserve a spot in the playoffs. I think maybe like an eighteen playoff, where then the other two spots are just the two best teams remaining. Like is that just voted in by like the same way mm-hmm. they do now? I guess I think it would be better because like like last year or twenty twenty when it was like LSU won. Like it's Bam- Bama still deserves a ch- like a spot in the playoffs, you know. Well, yeah, and that was definitely proven because in that game that, like the one I think that Trump went to, it was forty six to forty one. That was a very like damn near evenly matched LSU and Alabama team. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, Alabama did lose at Auburn that year, but like Auburn on the road is no freaking joke, especially with the team that Auburn had that year. I think I absolutely agree. I think Alabama also deserves that opportunity that year. And it's like so the same thing with I the leave. ACC with like Notre Dame and Clemson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like in normal years, like Notre Dame isn't even like really in a conference. Like how that works, I think it's still having like the even. Though I guess if that's how the format was, I feel like they would like officially like stay in the ACC. But. Hmm. But also just to be like a, a bit of a uh, devil's advocate, like of having more teams in the playoffs. Like this year, it was a fourteen playoff, and Notre Dame was like twenty points, or Bama were like twenty some point favorites to beat Notre Dame in that playoff game. So even in the playoffs, it's, it's already everyone knew it was going to be Bama versus Clemson or Ohio State. Everyone knew Notre Dame had no chance. So like you could say increasing the playoffs would just add more teams that have no chance of winning. So like. I, I mean, I, that's kind of like the argument against it. It just creates more weeks of like non-competitive football, I guess. I, I definitely do see that viewpoint, and I, I definitely do. I agree to an extent because we've seen those games before in the playoffs. Like I think the one year Michigan State made it, or like, and then the one year Washington made, they both got blown out. I think by maybe by Alabama both times, if not by Alabama, like Ohio State or something. Either way. Uh, I do understand that. Although in in some years that doesn't happen. Like uh, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Uh, LSU, who they play in their quarterfinal game of the or semifinal game of the 2019. Oh, season? they played Oklahoma and they beat them 63 to 28. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that is the case in a lot in, in a lot of cases. But I think even in those cases, uh, every now and then upsets happen. I think. Mm-hmm appropriate to give teams the chances to make that happen and if they happen in the regular season there's no reason they can't happen in the playoffs yeah for sure i feel like it's a situation where people are gonna whatever you do people are gonna be mad at you people are gonna be mad that you didn't expand it people are gonna be mad that you didn't expand it i think they just need to do it i think more people would be happy than disappointed if they expanded it mm-hmm like, I've seen people throw out 16 te- – no, not 16 teams. You're not having Bama go up against – who was the sixth – like, Iowa. Like, actual like, – not Iowa State, but Iowa probably would. No, they probably were even worse than 16. Let me check. Yeah, I think I, – I think a moderate expansion is okay. You can't go on with the current system because right now you have half of the teams in the FBS system – I can't even compete for an FCS title, FBS title. And at that point, you may as well just be FCS. Yeah. 
because like I and you can say like well the appeal of all these bowl games, I don't <laughs> I, I don't think uh, a fan of any team cares about their Gasparilla lawnmower bowl win over New Mexico State. I don't think they care. Mm-hmm. Even like the bigger bowls, like the Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, those are getting kind of devalued a bit because those are just like part of the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like before, like I remember like watching like those like Russell Wilson Wisconsin teams playing the Rose Rose Bowl against like Stanford. I think and being like super disappointed they lost, but like now halftime they don't have like an opportunity to play in that game. So like especially for like even worse teams like like a Coastal Carolina where they usually don't, not even like they never get into that elite like bowl game tier like. Their mid-level bowl game is not that big of a deal, so they should have a shot to play for the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And and to be and to be fair, they don't, I don't think they deserve it over Cincinnati this year. But I mean, that's just the jump they have to make at that point. But I think expanding it to that point to at least allow that G five opportunity is appropriate. Multiple G five teams, then I think it gets to be a little bit. Eh. Yeah, but at least at least one. Because when we've seen in 2017, UCF was arguably as good, if not better, than this year's Cincinnati team. Went and beat Auburn, who, and Auburn, I think, was Alabama's only loss that year, and Alabama was the national champion. What do you, you call it? That season was an anomaly, but in March Madness, there are anomalies, but we don't discount March Madness. I just saw a report on ESPN that says Big 12 officials aiming to crack down on taunting in 2021, including the horns down gesture. I don't know what... Big 12. Big 12 officials. The horns down? I think that's uh, in the Red River... uh, Like... Because, like... Like, Texas is horns horns up, right? Because they hold up the horns. And I think in the Red River rivalry... Whatever it's called, they do the horn. The other, t- what, what? Why am I? Uh, I just hope in the future. I just hope in the future that somebody else's symbol will come into play and not just the horns. Yeah, they're trying to crack down on taunting, which I don't know. I just saw that as a, a thing. But I think that's all to talk about college football. We're 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 coming close on an hour here, so let's try to wrap this up with. NFL. Anybody got any NFL hot takes? Patriots are gonna pull over the Buccaneers. Patriots are gonna what? At least people have like realistic hot takes. That's a realistic hot take. Cam Newton's gonna be an MVP. Say it. Say it again. You got cut off by somebody. Patriots in the Super Bowl over the Buccaneers. Cam Newton's gonna be an MVP candidate. Uh, You're gonna see a breakout. We need realistic ones. You're gonna see a breakout year from Damian Harris, and um, our tight ends are just gonna become receivers. The last one's kind of true. Like, uh, Belichick loves his tight ends. They got two of them now. They're pretty good. Was um, it Logan Thomas and who else? It's not Logan Jonah Thomas. Smith. It's um, Hunter Henry and Jonathan Smith. Smith. Yep. Oh, I was wrong on both counts, Sam. But yeah, Patriots are kind of like the Vikings in the sense that like their defense was out last year and they're coming back, so they'll probably make a jump. But like, I think we can, we can all agree. Like, I guess it is a hot take, but like Super Bowl jump is a little out of the realm of possibility for the Patriots. Hey, all I'm saying is you don't want to see Bel- Belichick come playoff time, and I think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. That's how it is. My I big th- hot I take that is... they do make the playoffs somehow, they will be the threat. <laughs> but I, I don't see them. I see them being 9-8 mm-hmm. at best. Because they're definitely not going to win the division. The, the Bills are going to win that the AFC West. Yeah, Bills are winning. 
or AFC East, my bad. So then it goes yeah. down to like a wild card spot, which I guess now there are three of. But it would probably be taken by like one of Ravens and Browns, one of like Colts and Titans, and that third spot goes to like the Patriots, the Steelers, the Dolphins. So like it's gonna be kinda tough to for them to squeak into like a six or seven seed, I think. He's so incredibly crowded, I agree. Uh, my hot take for the season is the Cardinals finish last in their division. I think it goes uh, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals. I think every team in that division, though, goes a 500 or above. Actually, no, they can't go 500 now this year because of the 7. Goes above 500, maybe the Cardinals. Yeah, I- I'd say every team in that division goes above 500. Remind me again, who's the 49ers quarterback? Uh, Trey Lance and Joe Garoppolo. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. There it is. Yeah, Jimmy or run game is really strong. Mm-hmm. Their defense is strong when healthy. But the ooh, their whole defense got hurt last year. Their whole team got hurt last year. Oh, true. Even like Kittle on them too. Because like we've seen what they can do. Because like they made the Super Bowl 2019 with Garoppolo as their quarterback. He's probably going to be the starter. If he's bad, they'll probably bring in Lance. And, like, they obviously have that incredible O-line. They have, like, playmakers on defense like Nick Bosa. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a threat for sure. Yeah, but, like, threat, but in such I a just, crowded NFC, I don't – I just don't – Especially that West, like, with how often they play each other, so one of those teams is just not going to have a good record because they just have to play each other so many times. And I think it will be the Cardinals. I agree. I don't think the car. No. I think the Cardinals will probably not be a playoff team. Maybe a seven seed. But I, I personally think the Seahawks will be the worst team. I don't know. They, they were really like shaky last year. They were really strong to start the season. Then they kind of sucked second half. I think they that playoff back. game with the Rams. Their O line looks so horrible. Russ is just getting pressured like every play. It looks bad. So the Seahawks are, have been teetering on a lot of ledges for a while now. I think this might be. I, I agree. I think this might be the year that they break. I don't know if that's considered a hot take or not, but. Nah, I wouldn't say so. Well, Ibu, you said you had a hot take. Well, that was, my, my hot take was the Seahawks would finish last. In the oh, division. okay. Because they won the division this year. I think that's kind of... The, C- the Seahawks won that division? I always forget that. Mm-hmm. They're the three seed in Rams. Oh, yeah, because I, I think the Rams are winning the division this year. Or yeah, the 49ers. Rams are Rams 49ers. Are Niners. It kind of depends on, like, them all. How well Matthew Stafford Niners. develops with yeah. that offense. Mm-hmm. I think, like, first game, he plays the Bears. Probably the best one of the better teams he they could play cuz we have LA has the the I'm I'm just going to say the best defense in the league I would say at least top 3 It's definitely up there for sure yeah mm-hmm. I think you can make a case for it I think you can make a case for the Denver having one of the best defenses as well like Denver and like the Bucks Bucks and the teams, yeah. yeah so and I think going up against the Bears who if Andy Dalton is your quarterback you okay this is another thing you do not start Justin Fields, week one. I don't care how good he is. You don't start him against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. He's just going to look like he is going to get sacked 12 times and throw five interceptions. No matter how good he looks, you don't start him week one against the Rams. You can start him week two against whoever the hell they play. But you don't start him week one. I don't even think that's a hot take. Yeah. That's definitely, like, a good, like, start for Stafford because like the Bears have a good defense that he might like that he's gonna have to like 
try to, he's gonna have to like play well he again. Know, he knows the Bears. Also, defense. the Bears' offense is so trash that like he's been having if he to doesn't play. play the best. They could probably still squeak he, out a win. He's had to play the Bears two times a year for the past however long he's been in the shithole that is Detroit. Not the city, but the team. Detroit's on the come up. Uh, Max, uh, not Max. Max already gave his stupid hot take that the Patriots are gonna do. It's so. real. It's not Don't real. Jeff, what's your hot take? Uh. I think the football team. Uh, I, I guess this isn't really a hot take. I, th- I think they're poised to win the. Di- Ooh, coming back though, isn't he? But is there any more when Dak is supposed to be back? Dak is already back, isn't he? Yeah, he's supposed he's to be back, back week one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't trust the Cowboys ever. I think I think the football team's got really. Good I mean, I, I think the football team can do it too. I really like their defense. I really like. I think. I I see people t- say Taylor Heineke is going to be their starter. I don't. It's going to be Fitzpatrick. Um, if, I feel if he's like, shaky, throwing Heineke. He had that I good like one they game. Do what they did with the Dolphins, kind of, where like Fitzpatrick's coming week in to on week. Like, the second yeah. half if two was struggling. Because like Fitzpatrick's not your answer to the future at all. I mean, I guess Heineke really realistically probably isn't either. But you might as well give the kid a shot. I mean, see what he can do, and then. Yeah, I mean, because what they went like seven and nine last year, like, and they won a division. I think once the Cowboys come back, they're like they're like a ten and six. I guess now like ten and seven, eleven and six caliber team. Assuming that O line like doesn't all get injured again and Dak doesn't get injured, and I don't know. I think the Eagles are kind of meh. I mean, and then who else are there? The Giants. Like, I think you know what the Giants are kind of like my dark horse pick because like i'm just a big daniel jones fan i guess so i think if he if he steps up has a good year they have they're like the football team they have a good defense they could definitely make a push for the the east i, I would agree with that although i think other teams have there maybe not even injury wise but the bad game here or there i guess the giants contending for a playoff spot otherwise i don't know because the wild cards are going to be there's got There's definitely gonna be one from the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Probably the. I think that NFC North because Rogers looks not like he's coming back. Um, they're gonna, at the very least, win like eleven games. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings should should their defense stay healthy are a solid ten wins. Bears are a question mark. I don't think they're doing that much, but either way. Packers or Vikings, I think they take one of those wild card spots. Someone in the NFC West is taking one of those wild card spots. Then it comes down to I don't think the Panthers are doing much. You know what I just saw? I was looking at uh uh over under win totals. The Browns are ten win total of ten. You can bet under or over that. I think that's the easiest I think that's the easiest over of my life. They're kind of in a tough division, though, which might be why. Because, like, even though the Steelers look really bad second but half, I like, still, still think there. that the Ravens are there. I still think that they're over 10 wins. I mean, because, what, didn't they have, like, a 10-win season last year? They had, like, I think 11 or 12. No way they went 12-4. They might have gone 11 I think they went 11-5. Or I think, I think they have a very good – I don't know. Okay. I think that is all for this episode of the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Ibuki for coming on and talking, giving your hot takes and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, any last uh, thoughts, anybody? Suns and six.
Um, Bucks and seven. seven. Any Buki's gonna say Bucks and six. Bucks and six. Padres for the NLS. Maybe we'll talk about baseball next time. We'll see. Yeah, we we this was pretty long. We've been going for almost an hour now. So, uh, this is what? No, yeah. you did not start fifteen minutes ago. No, you no, said that. Oh, I said that fifteen minutes ago. An hour, like fifteen minutes ago. Oh, okay. We made so an hour and fifteen minutes now. Okay. Anyways, this is JBM signing off. See you guys next week. Signing off.